This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We're all old enough in the tooth by now to know that watching Mansfield Town comes with a huge health risk, especially when Nigel Clough's side take the comeback route to victory. After twice coming from behind against Stockport to continue their unbeaten start in the league, a depleted yet resilient Stags did the same in the Cup, beating Championship struggler Sheffield Wednesday in a penalty shootout and set up a mouth-watering third-round tie with Peterborough United. Tonight we'll talk about how the Stags' third round tie could be a blessing in disguise. We'll put the heroics of Christy Pym in the spotlight, chew the fat over the Stockport match and much, much more in between. As always, your comments, questions and opinions in the live feed are what drive the show, so keep them coming as we look ahead to a busy September where the Stags can ill afford to add any more injuries if they aim to continue their excellent unbeaten start. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This. Is the Mansfield Matters podcast proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network? and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Hope that you're all doing well. Make sure you get involved with the show tonight in the live feed. We've got plenty to talk about. The Comeback Kings of Mansfield Town this week. That's what I should have called the show, really, rather than spot on. Although that's exactly what the Stags were on Tuesday night in Sheffield as they got past Championship side Sheffield Wednesday on a penalty shootout to set up a mouth-watering tie with Peterborough United. More on that later in the show. But who is joining me tonight to talk all things Mansfield Town via the medium of the internet? Well, let's say hello and welcome to Mr. Clive Parking. Good evening. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. Good to see you as always. And let's say hello to the man, the myth, the legend that is Alan Wilson. Good evening, Alan. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. Good to see you as always. Um, so we are live as per. Lots to talk about then tonight, gents. And we'll start off by pre-warning everybody that I've got a new toy. Uh, and what we used last week, I've finally figured out how to like load stuff onto it. So I've got lots of random sound effects and stuff which I might play throughout the show. Um, I think we should start with this one. Cam was supposed to be joining us. Uh, has literally just logged on, so uh, that's disappointing. I was gonna so well done for being on time, Cam. Really appreciate you, you turning up on time. Well done. Yeah, that went well. <laughs> Did you like me little sound effect to introduce you? Lovely. I Good at it. it. Good at it. Also, I've got some new gear, and I forgot that I took it all down on um, on Sunday. Uh, I've still not got my microphone position where I want it. Yeah, it's, it's not annoying me. Not in front of your face, which you know would be a, a real, real positive. Anyway, 
moving swiftly on, shall we talk about football and not slagging each other off? As always, get involved in the comments and have your say on your team. Um, right, where shall we start? Well, let's start with the with the news from the last few days or so, and that is, of course, the uh, Sheffield Wednesday game and the subsequent cup draw. Um, Clive, a little bit of an anticlimax when we pulled Peter out of the hat, especially when you consider there were some bigger teams still left in the draw at uh, at that particular stage. But uh, in reality, it's a winnable game and uh, it gives us a little bit of a chance to put some put even more money in the pot, doesn't it? Well, it does. And I think you've got to keep reminding yourself we can only get so many fans in the Interfield Mill anyway. So if we'd have drawn Manchester United, we'd have still have the same size crowd uh, as I think we might get anyway. Mm. Um, uh, and Peterborough is a localish side. And we're, you're right, it gives us a, a, a fighting chance. And it could have been Salford away. Yeah, it could well have been Salford away. Alan, when you saw that uh, or heard the news that uh, it w was Peterborough, what went through your mind? Were you annoyed that it wasn't a, a bigger side? Or did you just think of the chance to win a game of football? I just, I just knew it was going to be Peterborough, you know, either home or away. When I saw the last four, us, Peterborough, Newcastle and Manchester City, I thought I started rubbing my hands. I thought, no, don't bother. I said, it'll be Peterborough. And it was. But, you know, the good thing is we're at home. That's the main thing. And if we do progress, you know, we've always, always already got 12 grand in the bank. So uh, let's get a few more thousand. Why not? Cam, you're nodding away. I know you'd have been disappointed last night, though, when we pulled Peterborough out of the hat. I just think because of the teams that came out literally just before us would have been two massive games in, in Newcastle and Man City. But uh, And you think it'd be a money spinner. But you, you take it on the other foot and it's, it's a winnable game and you've got a higher percentage of getting... Uh, a money spinner in the fourth round than you do in the third round. Just uh, you'll lose one of the teams in Newcastle or City, um, but you can't really complain. There's only a couple lower league teams left in it, so to get this far is firstly an achievement in itself. It's it's a competition we've not particularly done well in in the last twenty years, but. It's like like Alan said, it, it's money in the bank at the end of the day. And if we can get through this next round, then money is money at the end of the day. And if we get a better tie in the next round, then I'm sure Stags fans will be happy with that. That's the biggest thing for me, Clive, the, the potential to bring yet more money into the coffers. We're already an in injury-ravaged side at, at, at times. And we've been saying for weeks that we could do with one or two more and there's perhaps been questions around a budget and, and spending a little bit of money but if we can progress in a competition like this and get that money through the door if we can get through round three and get the prize money for it and then get to round four and draw a bigger team and get some television money as well that could potentially purchase or, or loan in one two three players which in january which could be the difference between finishing in eighth, one goal off the playoffs and finishing in third in automatic promotion. Yeah, and I think you've also got to remember that if we're playing at home, whoever it is, it's probably £100,000 plus of gate receipts that we hadn't budgeted for as well. Mm. So uh, I think the practical nature of this is that we want to do well in Cups, but we don't, we don't want to do well in Cups at the expense of league. And, you know, if, if I could have uh, swapped a, a league win for a, a, a league cup win I'd have gladly done so as it happens we've won that game now and I don't want to lose another one so it should set us up nicely I think for the weekend game against Bradford City which it looks like being a complete sellout by the way yeah it certainly does I think that's the important thing for me at this stage of the season Alan winning breeds confidence you know it was always going to be an interesting game with Sheffield Wednesday having lost all four of their opening league fixtures um, and us unbeaten in the league having or albeit having not won away from home yet. Um, but it, it's one of those things, isn't it? Winning breeds confidence, and we take that into to Saturday and give us that little bit of momentum. I said, uh, I don't know whether you remember that, I said that last week, it breeds confidence, Craig. Why can't you have it hand in hand? A good cup run, you know, is just as good as a good league run. And it just keeps the confidence going. It keeps the belief in the team. And like Clive said, you know, Bradford are coming down on Saturday. We don't know how fit Mr Cook is. Because I like Nigel's comment when he said, we've got to score at least two goals because Cookie will get one. 
But apparently he's got a hip injury, whether he has or whether he hasn't is irrespective, really. You know, we're gonna we'll put a good show and if we carry on playing like we have been playing, I think there's only gonna be one winner. Yeah, certainly so. Let's delve into some of your comments. Keep them coming in during the live feed uh, tonight. Rob has kicked us off uh, saying, is Saturday a sellout against Bradford? Not yet, but it's very, very close. I think at the last look, Clive, it was over 8,000 that we'd sold. Yeah. Yeah, that was at the beginning of today. So I would imagine that some people have been motivated to get on the uh, blower and book the tickets. I just have to say that it's because it's all ticket. You can't buy a ticket for any price after midnight tomorrow. Mm. And that's online, and not everybody is an online customer. So if you if you haven't yet done so, bear in mind that you've only got a very small window now. And there'll still be loads of people, I'm sure, on Saturday saying, can I still buy a ticket at the ground on Saturday? It doesn't matter how much notice you give them. I mean, that's yeah. why I was appealing to the club to announce this all-ticket status last week. It was obvious to anybody this was going to be an all-ticket game. So why leave it till Wednesday? to tell fans it's all ticket. It doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, that aside, if you do order online and you're collecting at the ticket office window, give yourself plenty of time on match day because there'll be queues. Yeah, there really. always are. If you, can, if you can take your phone, take your ticket digitally to your phone, do so. Yeah, I would say as well that pre last season I would tend to arrive about two o'clock and would generally walk pretty much straight in. But the previous two home games mm. uh, so far... Got there about two, and uh, I know last week's kickoff was delayed and what have you with with the weather, but it has taken a little bit longer to get in. The crowds have been really, really big. It's getting quite congestion, con congested, congested. Uh, no matter which way you walk now, so give yourself that extra bit of time to to get up, get in the ground, find your seat, and uh, like Clive says, if you haven't got a ticket and you're thinking about going, get it done because on when Saturday comes, you've got no chance. Uh, keep your comments coming in. Um, talking about the Peterborough game, Roger says Pim up against his old club. Uh, Chris says evening all got to admit being uh, the last ball out of the draw is becoming Stag's tradition. Uh, Paul says even worse, Salford at home um, to, uh, yeah. to the away crowd. Um, that's very true. Uh, Rob hope Pim behaves himself. Ashley winnable, but would have loved a big Prem team. Um, Stag's chat, what a season so far. Great league run and cup run and goals going in and we won a penalty shootout. Yeah, second one that we've won in uh, as many seasons. Uh, Roy says, living half a mile away from Hillsborough was great for me and going to work has been amazing. Great result, great performance in the second half. Just got a slight worry about the amount of goals we're conceding. Only one clean sheet we've got to tighten up. Uh, Roger says, amazing result. I wasn't expecting that. A draw at best, but they managed to uh, to get the win. Uh, Ashley says, be involved in as many games as possible and win as many games as possible. Um, talking about Saturday, Rob says, Flint would have Cook in his back pocket. Uh, Adam says, beating the big boys is a barometer of how the season should go. Sheffield Wednesday, Stockport, Bradford, hopefully. Every game is just a game, isn't it? It doesn't matter who's in front of you, Alan. You've just got to go out there and and, uh, and, and do what you need to do. I do agree with that comment, though, however, Alan, that we need to uh, maybe look a little bit beyond the result. There are some questions which popped up. That first half in particular on Tuesday was not the greatest. No. I'm going to say... And I think when uh, that might uh, alleviate the problem itself, when we get the players back in their right positions. But as we know, you know, we've got players not in their right position, but are still doing incredibly well. So we've got Brunt and Barry on the right-hand side. And when I've watched the highlights, that's where the goal came from, didn't it? It came over to the back and the chap just nodded it in. So, you know, it, it, there's, a pos there's a reason for that, possibly. But, yeah. you know, we do need to tighten up, I would agree. And I think the, the thing is getting some consistency in there. I think Lewis Brunt, you know, it was his first start on Tuesday night, Clive. We were both saying at half-time that we weren't overly impressed. But second half, you really did step it up and had a really good game. Some of the stats really backed that up as well. Um, and I agree with what Marie's just said in the comments. Brunt played well once he'd settled down. You've got to remember it was his first start coming into probably not fully fit as well and... Uh, I think um, get slotted in a different position on a big stage against a team like Sheffield Wednesday, who are going to be on the ball a lot and going to put you under pressure. It does take that extra time to settle. Yeah, understandably, he was a little bit nervous and it showed. 
And uh, I mean, we've got to bear in mind, we've only had him a few days. And in that time, the club hasn't been putting the team through rigorous training for obvious reasons. So he's not had a great deal of competitive practice. Mm. But he grew into the shirt in the second half. He was uh, it was as good as anybody on the park in that respect. And in fact, he was partly instrumental in the goal because his forward pass was at the right time, taking it from lots and lots of passes going nowhere to one that actually made some difference to the opportunity to score, which we did. So I think he he, he did all right. And I think uh, it'll have done him well to play that game. And, uh, and I just think that... Uh, Yes, you could lay some blame at his feet for the their goal, but I think everybody in the back line was responsible for that. There was nobody challenging anybody at any time when that goal was scored. Big opportunity for him on Saturday, Cam, because George Williams will probably not be fit enough to start. It makes no real sense for him to do that. Jordan Barry will fit in adequately, as he has done at, at right-back, and it's a good opportunity for him to form a bit of a partnership with, with Aidan Flint now and really try and take hold of... That, uh, that shirt at the back because consistency is what's going to start getting us clean sheets. Yeah, it will. Um, yeah, like you said, it's just important to to get this, this partnership going. I think it, the problem that we've had in the past is we've had players playing in the wrong position where they've then not formed a partnership, so that communication's been lacking. Whereas... Tuesday night, for example, sort of like, yes, we still got the same th- problem, but once they'd got used to it and settled into a rhythm and a style of play, because Chef Wednesday came out and tried to, well, not let us play the way that we did and then soon gave up on that. We were just knocking the ball around and it was relatively comfortable. Um, even after they scored their goal, we, we weren't put off from playing the style of football that we were playing. We, we still seemed very confident. Uh, and composed on the ball, and, and yeah, uh, Brunt very much was the the weak link as such in the background. But well, like you said, once once he settled, he was he was fine. And, and was he at fault for the goal? Well, it's it's a bit of everything. Probably a bit of communication from the rest of the side. His positioning wasn't great, but same again. Should we have stopped the cross? Probably. Should a man have had a free header inside the box for the for the dink back? No. Should he have had a free header to to put it into the back of the net? No. So they're all failing there. We can't just pin it on Brunt. But yeah, like we said, it's his first game. We've had him a couple of days. We'll we'll see what it's like on Saturday when it when it really really counts. I think uh, both Roger and Paul have hit the nail on the head here, Alan, with with their comments. Uh, Roger says, always going to take a bit of time for people to slot into place. Look at Hewitt's start and how he ended up being the best player last year. And Paul adds, Flint's experience will help Brunt and make him a better player. I'm going to say, when I was listening to the commentary in the first half, you know, there were the odd times where it did say, uh, you know, it made a bit of a mistake or whatever. But second half, it sounded, you know, is it everything that he did? Turned to gold. He's, you know, he passed the ball out. He was able to come out with the ball. Like man sort of starting to like to play. And it sounds like he's a good acquisition. And, you know, one that could keep the shirt, you know, even when Cargill's fit. Yeah, I think so. I think Cargill, once he is fit, will probably go straight back in. But it depends how he performs and how long yeah. that... I certainly think on Saturday, Clive, that he will... Uh, will start alongside Aidan Flint. I don't think it'll be too dissimilar to the lineup which we started with. Um, on Tuesday, and I think uh, as a couple of people have said in the, the comments, it'd be interesting to see how he deals with um, with a more physical threat. As uh, I think Thomas said it, Brunt looked good on the ball. Championship teams seem to give you more time on the ball than League Two teams. Interested to see how he will deal with a more physical threat, Cook, etc. If fit, and I think that will come down to uh, how much confidence he gains as, as the, the more minutes he gets, and also that tutelage from from Aidan Flint, which is going to be so invaluable. Absolutely. The, the lad is going to have to understand that League Two football is at times very unsophisticated. And uh, and that means he's going to get thumped and crunched like everybody else does on the park. Um, and I'm, I can't help but draw comparisons with to him and Harbottle. I think yeah. Harbottle had more physical presence than this lad's got. But I think this lad's probably got more aptitude. We've yet to see him play a proper game, but I thought in the second half he looked a better player than Harbottle was when he was playing for us. Yeah, it's a very different type of centre half, isn't he? Like you know, almost 
the modern day likes to get on the ball a little bit cam and move it about and that pretty much suits how, how Mansfield are, are going to play it's frustrating to watch sometimes because especially when you're chasing the game we want to see a little bit more urgency going forward but but the key was in the goal the, the key word this season we're all gonna have to get used to it is patience very much so um the side they did show urgency and I think you've got leaders on the pitch that that did show that um during the game maris always looking at getting the ball forward and um even aiden flynn aiden flint ended up being it, it, just carrying the ball from the halfway line to their the edge of the 18 yard box it just completely unopposed they didn't close him down and it was always even during the goal 32 passes but every pass that went backwards the players were always looking forward to send it back the other way. It was there was a, a lot of side to side, but the initial intent was the, the it was going to go forward. Uh, Keel, Davis Keeler Dunn uh, on one occasion, I think he just literally took the ball, facing the wrong way. They didn't close him, so what did he do? Turn around and 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 played it forward. And it's nice to see a Mansfield side playing with with that intent because. On previous occasions, you'd be thinking like, well, we'd have probably played it backwards and just back to square one and playing it all the way back to Pim. And it was just frustrating to watch. But Tuesday night just was just fantastic to watch and, and the positivity. But like you said, patience, it does take time. And, and Nigel's always been clear, it's going to take time to to get things to settle, especially with so many injuries. But when do, things do click, point proven with the goal on Tuesday, it works well. Yeah, and as long as we can get results and, and get confidence, I, I, you know, last season I wouldn't have given us much hope when we when we do go a goal behind. But this season, it's slowly starting to sneak into my head now that we've got a bit as bad as. As long as we're only one one goal behind, I think we can uh, chase. Um, I was going to leave this topic until a little bit later on, but it's just popped from the comments, so I'm going to address it now. And it's uh, Thomas who's. Uh, sent the question in. Um, Alan, I'll come to you first on it. Also, what do we make of Flint remaining captain whilst Ollie Clark started? Anything in that or... Now, I put this in the group chat. I was a little bit interested <laughs> to see what ha what would happen when I saw Clark getting his first start of the season. He didn't get the armband when he came off the bench at half-time at Grimsby. He didn't start with it. I thought, well, he might just be only playing 45 minutes. That might be the intention. But, you know, he ended up playing the full 90. Flint was was the skipper. And I, I actually do think that there is something in it, Alan. I don't know what it is, but I think there is. I think Nigel, uh, reading between the lines, I think Nigel might have had a quiet word, you know, and going both to one side or however he, you know, chooses to pursue the matter. But, I mean, Flint's doing a good job. Perhaps he thinks, you know, with them getting this unbeaten run going, don't change it, as daft as it sounds. I know it's only an armband, but Ollie Clark, I don't think it's sported. Obviously, I didn't go. I don't think it's sported performance. It sounded by the commentary. They had a really good game. I think one of the key things, Clive, is to actually look in the difference of, of what a captain is. We've mentioned this before. Ollie Clark to me is more of a club captain. He'll put his arm around you, make sure everything's all right off the pitch. Are you settling into the area well? Misses and kids all right? Do you need anything? Is there anything I can do for you? Can I help you settle in? Can I take you out? Can I show you here, there and everywhere? And, you know, be the care player, the, the care captain. Whereas Aidan Flint and previously um, Alfie Kilgore, head it, kick it, scream, get in your face, lead by example on, on the front foot. And with um, Flint's experience... It, it. I was actually surprised to that. I think I was. I'm not surprised to see him with the armband. I was actually surprised that it, it took so long. I think even with if Kilgore would have been fit, I think at some point Flint would have ended up as captain. I'm I'm happy for it to to stay that way. You can have more than one to coin a, a an expression. You should have eleven leaders on the pitch anyway. Yeah, and I have to say, if you're going to choose your captain by where they play on the field, I think it's absolutely right to have Flint being captain. You get a view of all the pitch. Um, he's a dominating character. He's the sort of person you wouldn't want to argue with, I'm guessing. Um, and he's got that presence. So I'm, I'm actually all in favour of having someone like him being the captain. I don't think it's a personal thing anyway. At the end of the day, the, the manager has to make a decision. And if he's made the decision in favour of Flint, then so be it. 
it doesn't make any difference to Ollie Clark, really. In fact, it might even allow him to play with more freedom. We'll see, won't we? But I'm, I'm happy with that. Is that something you think that Ollie Clark needs, Cam, a little bit more freedom um, to try and find the best version of Ollie Clark? I think it does. Well done, well, Frank. If I'm totally honest, I'm not sure. I don't... <laughs> You're talking Sorry, I was just looking at stats from uh, Tuesday night. But... Well, no, it's good of you to join us, Cam, also, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we no, um, are you watching Hollyoaks? Oh, He's watching Hollyoaks. See, that joke never died. Um, it never does. No, Go on, carry on, Cam. Don't let us no. put you off. Uh, it, it's a difficult one to answer. I feel like Ollie Clark isn't the sort of player that needs a kick up the arse, if I'm totally honest. He seems a very hungry player, always ready and raring to go as soon as the season starts and coming back from injuries or or whatever. He's a player that's slotted straight back in and and not needed as much encouragement as, as maybe someone like uh, Will Swan has. He's having a bit of a, a rough patch at the moment and hopefully he can get out of it. But uh, it's a difficult one to answer because I don't feel like taking the captain's half band off of Clark is is justified, if I'm totally honest. I can't really see what Clark's done wrong, other than the fact that he's not been fit to play. You'd have thought, with him coming back into the side, he probably would have got the R-band back, but I would like to know the, the mentality and the reasoning maybe behind it. Maybe it was just because it was a big game that Flint kept it, a bit of continuity, and Clive's gone. <laughs> It might a have been of, because Flint used to play for Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just, just that one night. I don't know. Yeah, but we will. We will never get any clarity on it from uh, the powers that be. We'll never find. Oh no, never find out why why that is. But uh, it's one of those things. But I actually think that uh, Thomas uh, in the comments again hits the nail on the head here. Yeah. A lot tonight. Uh, suppose Flint is guaranteed more game time rather than Ollie Clark, who is one of many in that position. Could be a reason. And like we said before, consistency is key. Right, let's uh, switch our attention from Ollie Clark to uh, Reese Oates. Um, and Clive, it was a tremendous goal from uh, Oates. The Oates that we want to see, the Oates that we were used to seeing two seasons ago. And then he got bloody injured again, didn't he? Let's let's hope that he can shake that off for Saturday because so far he's having a superb season. And like with uh, with winning games, scoring goals breeds confidence. The more minutes he plays, the more this style really suits him and the more opportunities he gets to score, the more I'm sure he will take as the season goes on. Yeah, when he's playing well and when he's fit, he's, he's a joy to watch. And he will t he will, he's got that drive, that burst of speed that can get past defenders, as he showed against, you know, a very competent Wednesday defence. Um, mm. I think uh, the only real worry I have is I don't think he's always going to be fit. Um, and I, I don't think Swan's always going to be fit either. So we have a slight problem, I think, in the forward line. I think we, we could have done with another player. Um, I was disappointed with Swan, but I have to bear in mind, I don't think he's fully match fit and he wasn't playing in the position that suits him best. But he yeah. looked a little bit out of sorts. Somebody behind me says he's not interested. I think that's a bit unfair. He didn't look, he didn't look much ready to me. And that just about sums up where we are, really, doesn't it, with players? Yeah, uh, and that's a that's a, a key thing to to think about as well. You know, he's not quite ready. He's had a bit of a knock, a bit of a niggle, and he needs to get some game time to to get some confidence. But when you are literally picking 11 players that are available to play. It's a difficult one. Somebody mentioned earlier about Aikens being taken off after 70. That was always the plan, according to Clough, and, and rightly so, because you do have to focus on the league game. He's one of our most consistent players. He he, he could have easily played 90. He could, he, he could still be playing now and still not be unfit, Lucas Aikens, but you've got to protect him from, from injury and things like that as well. So it was the right thing to do. The one thing which did disappoint me, Alan, and I guess you could argue that we were playing a, a Sheffield Wednesday side or a championship side and won't give you as much time on the ball and it's not an easy a, a, a route in. But it's that that we didn't utilise any of the, the younger substitutes. We had uh, Abdullah and a few others uh, on the bench who we could have easily given 10, 15 minutes to and... Um, I think still got something uh, out of the game. But what disappointed me more was Nigel Clough's comments after, which was 
not word for word, but something along the lines of um, we only really had one substitute to use in resorts. And that, for me, if I was one of those younger players listening to that, I'd be thinking, absolutely, that you can absolutely <laughs> off if I'm gonna if I'm gonna play for you. Yeah, I slightly disagree with that, you know, because he'd got was Williams on the bench as well. Yeah. But obviously yeah, he said that he wasn't fit to come on, but he, he probably thought it was his only best plan, you know, of keeping the players that he'd got playing, you know, because they looked like they were going to equalise, you know. When, uh, we know it came in the 85th minute, but he probably thought it might have, uh, you know, upset the Seattle part. I think, at a, you know, they'll have a part to play later on in the season. I'm sure they will. I'd certainly hope so, Cam, because, you've, you know, we, we bang on year upon year about the influence of our academy and then when you get on a, 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 the pitch. But I think what annoys me most, it, it, I think it was more the comment than anything else, because mm. when you do take into every, into account the fact it was Sheffield Wednesday, championship side, we're chasing a goal, that makes sense. But it was the comment more than anything. Yeah, it was. But I also feel like... I'm not saying that Clough doesn't trust them, but I also feel like, is it just a case of because they've not had any experience playing at lower level other than George Cooper? Mm. I don't necessarily think that it's because they're young players because he's quite clearly he was happy to give young players a chance, but they didn't perform, i.e. Tyree Sinclair being the main one. He didn't perform when he did get his chance. Is it a case of... I think Tyree Sinclair is not a particularly good comparison because he well, had his no. opportunities and didn't develop them. These lads we're now talking about are banging on the door, but I can't see Clough bringing them on while ever we're fighting for a point or a, a win. I think if we've got two or three goals in the bag, then he'll bring them on. Yeah. If only yeah. to take the strain off the hard-working first-team squad. But if yeah. he's got a choice on the bench, I mean, I think it was a, a poor, poor use of words when he said, I'd only got one usable uh, substitute. Um, I know what he meant, but you're right. It could have been said slightly better. But, yeah. But, you know, Clough is a habit of saying things rather bluntly at times. We'll, we'll clip some of them up at some point. Uh, right, let's move on and uh, let's all stand up and um, give applause where it's due to Christy Pym. <coughs> Christy Pym. I wonder where you're going with that then. I know. Costs. <laughs> You know, we give him some stick on this podcast and uh, some of it deserved, some of it not deserved, but everyone's entitled to their opinions. But on Tuesday night, he was very much uh, the hero, Clive. And I know you'll bang on about him, you know, getting you the, the points or whatever in podcast predictions. We'll ignore that. Let's talk about his performance because he performed beautifully well. He was, he, he was deserved of man of the match. Absolutely. My views about Pim are no, are no secret. I don't think he's as good a keeper as Mr Clough thinks he is. But having said that, he was man of the match justifiably. Um, he, he did very little wrong during the game and uh, he pulled off one or two really good saves. And of course, the ones that really mattered were the two saves in uh, the, the shootout. Yeah. One of which was saved from a certain um, Palmer. Yes. Yeah. Son of... Apparently, it turns out he's not, but someone's been... Well, it says yeah. he's on Wikipedia. Yeah, um, since... It was a poor, the Wikipedia fair, though, right. a poor penalty. It was. And I mean, our only poor penalty was the much-discussed uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Swan as well. I mean, that was a poor penalty. In fact, you, you, you and I were saying, Craig, his body language looked like he didn't want to take that penalty. That, that was not a poor penalty. That was an absolute <laughs> race. <laughs> when he... Taped up to hit that penalty, I knew he was going to miss. He started too central. Scotty stance wide. You knew where he was going to go. It was it was so easy to read. It was like a book with pictures that Cam reads. Um, <laughs> bye. <laughs> oh, it's come back. Um, no, I think um, you know Pim does deserve a lot of credit for that. It'd be interesting to see uh, what happens in the uh, the third round tie, of course, yeah. when he gets back to his. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think uh, Nigel will play Flinders for that one. <laughs> <laughs> he got um, no chance. Pim will, whilst, Pim will be on the pitch at six o'clock. Yeah, well, whilst, I, whilst we're on the, uh, in the business of uh, applauding people as well, Clive talks a lot 
on this podcast, Alan, about the amount we have, but uh, and, and things like that. But you know, they also deserve a, a bit of a mention here because penalty shootouts uh, are, can be an analytical game. Yes, it's a lottery, but also you have to be prepared. And uh, Adam Collin, the goalkeeping coach, certainly did his research and uh, equipped Christy Pym with the information he needed. And he did say on Twitter when we tweeted it that he, he went he went the way that he told him fifty percent of the time. Well, it's <laughs> better than none at all, isn't it? You know, and also give credit to the players that took the penalties. Yeah. You know, either, you know, did they go to Nigel or is it sorted out before? Because as soon as Aikins went off, I said to Jeanette, well, that's one at penalty takers gone, if it goes to penalties. But, but we were uh, saying- fair play to him or they stood up, you know, even Swan, even though he missed, he had the bottle to take it. And I applaud him for that. Yeah, we, we were sort of struggling to, to pick who the, the, the five would be. But you have to say, Cam, that all of those penalties were superbly taken. I know Nigel Clough makes no secret of the fact that before a cup game, he does practice uh, spot kicks. And it's it's starting to pay off. Mansfield, prior to last season, had a dreadful record uh, on penalties, had, having not won one in over a decade. Uh, but, you know, last two penalty shootouts, that they've won. And uh, it's, it's good to know that we've got a number of players, even if Lucas Aikens isn't on the pitch, that are practicing penalties that can pick their spot and uh, can step up with confidence when needed. Definitely. Um, it's just a case of having the confidence to be able to do it. And I've, it's just a case of, have we got confidence in the squad at the moment? And we do. I think Will Swan obviously missing. It, it was a poor penalty, but you've knowing that he took a poor penalty and then Pim took it on his shoulders and, and just made a fantastic save straight after showed that we're not just going to take it rolling over and and the rest of the penalties were superb. Um, probably well, Keeler done by... Both both, both, yeah. both. both really good penalties. Like Keeler Duns stands out for me, just absolutely leathered it. Yeah. <laughs> Keeper nearly got to it, and he, even then he still had no chance. Such power on it. And, it, and I think sort of like players that have missed penalties in the past, uh, sort of like in not important games, but in important times, Jordan Bowery, you think back to... Harrogate in the yeah. EFL trophy. Very, very poor penalty. What do they do? Go up the end and score. And you think, does that play on their mind? And all right, it was two two seasons ago now, but it, it's still something that could play on their minds if they've not had the confidence. Yeah. So good work from the players. And I like Nigel's comment after the game as well, saying that uh, the players just take take the penalties where they want. We don't influence the players other than other than sort of like who actually takes one. Which yeah. it, which yeah. I suppose is gives the power to the player. Where where do they want to put it? How do they want to take it? It's all you really need, to be honest. And then you've just got to have the confidence to be able to go out and do it. And we we seem to have that at the moment. Yeah, it's like Paul as well. The the best one was definitely Aidan Flint. Uh, he really had some bottle to <laughs> and uh, bang that into the bottom corner. I really, really enjoyed that one. Uh, right, we're going to take a quick break. Still to come, we're going to go back to Saturday afternoon where the Stags had to come from behind to uh, get a victory against uh, Stockport to maintain their unbeaten start to the League 2 campaign. Plus, we'll look ahead to Bradford on uh, Saturday afternoon and reveal who is in the top 10 of uh, the first month of predictions do not go anywhere and keep those comments coming in this is the Mansfield Matters podcast it's the show for the fans by the fans and we're proud to be part of the talk sport and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage Nissan Townstar EV strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty and with a bench full of all star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all star quality search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And network. You're listening to the Mansfield Matters podcast. It's the show for the fans, by the fans. Right, let's delve straight back into action and go all the way back to Saturday afternoon, Alan Wilson, where... We all had to wait a little bit longer with uh, a 15-minute delay due to uh, torrential that torrential downpour. But in the end, you can say, why does it always rain on me? Because it was raining goals and raining points for Mansfield yet again. It was well worth it, wasn't it? We started uh, quite poorly again. You know, their chap, Barry, from on loan from Aston Villa, I think, mm. he started very well. And to be fair, he had a reasonably good game. But they grew into the game again. And I think in the second half, when we started, you know, putting passes together like we know we can, I think there was only going to be one winner. I don't seem to get disappointed now, like I have done in past seasons, when we go 1-0 down or possibly 2-0 down. Because this year, there just seems to be, I don't know, a bit of confidence or whatever it is. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it that you don't think we're going to end up losing. Drawing, you know, is going to be the at least a draw, if not to win. The most frustrating thing, Clive, is is the manner in which we concede the the goals. I mean, the free header um, for, for one of the goals was criminal. When you've got players like Aidan Flint, you know, big, tall, commanding centre-backs, I don't want to go from him being a hero to, to to putting blame on, but again, that's where you want a goalkeeper to come and command, but it's also where you want your centre-halves to take a little bit of responsibility as well. We've got to deal with set-piece better. Yeah, I think both goals were disappointing uh, for different reasons. We The first one was a parting of the Red Sea. The guy just ran through and had no nobody challenge him. And we should never concede goals like the one that he did for the second one. Um, yeah, Pim has to take some of the blame for that. His position on the line, I don't think, was perfect. Um, and uh, it wasn't a powerful end. It was just one that was directed well. And uh, even the lad on the line barely got to it. And it was directly above his head. Was that Keeler done? I don't know who was on the I think it was Quinn Clark. Well, again, you should put your taller players on those, those positions. But either way, it <laughs> happened. And I think, to pick up on Alan's point, I never felt we were going to lose it. I thought, this is just us. It's the way we do it now. And, uh, and this, in the second half, we never looked like, in my opinion, uh, not getting all three points. If I have any disappointment at all, is that yet again, we've made lots of chances and not converted too many of them. Yeah, I think one, one of the two things that stand out for me, Cam, is uh, the fact that we need to be doing that to teams, what Stockport did to us in terms of the set piece. But secondly, it's the fact that we we do plug away. We do keep keep going. We, we do stick to the style. We don't panic and... Um, we we give that belief to players. Davis Keeler Dunn was having an absolute mare until he got the his first goal, and then he transformed himself. We were going to take him off, Craig, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah podcast group. It was there. Uh... Well, yeah, it, it's another game where all right, it's been a slow start, but it's another game where we've dominated in the stats. Twenty-eight shots, eleven of those on target, sixty-four percent possession. 585 passes it's another game where we've we've done well and the pass accuracy it's 79 percent we just flowing and oozing confidence at the moment because it's a difficult one because we've never particularly started the season like as well obviously under the the playoff season we had a shocker of a start. Even last season wasn't absolutely fantastic. Better than it was the season before, but still not great. And in, in those ones, we'd, we'd lost already. And now we just seem to have this confidence where we go behind and we've got the confidence to come back. It took all of eight minutes to get back on level terms on, on Saturday and took us a little bit longer to get on level terms for the second goal. But yeah, like we said, as soon as Keeler Dunn got his, his first goal, he just had that confidence and he'd, he'd have a poor game, to be fair. I thought he was poor on Tuesday night. Um, I don't know whether it was just a case of uh, just being tired. We'd, we'd looked leggy, but I suppose they'd absolutely run themselves into the ground on, on Saturday, chasing the game against Stockport. And the players really left everything out on the pitch on Saturday and and a fantastic performance and and, and well worth the win. Rob in the comments says, why do we make more noise away from home than at home? I think a lot of that is due to the fact that when we're away from home, there's less numbers and we're all con- condensed into it to one space. It's 
sort of how noise works. Um, I do think we we do make noise at home sometimes when we. The the one thing I think we are perhaps guilty of as a support is when we do go uh, behind. Certainly last season we did it a lot, and uh, when things aren't going our way, it does go a little bit flat. Um, but. I think the more we on the pitch show that we believe that we can come back into the game, I think the more that will start to resonate in uh, in the stands. And I certainly think on Saturday, when you've got the Bradford fans who've sold out their allocation, giving it some noise, I think we'll be keeping up with them. I don't think that's too much of a concern as long as we're doing it on the pitch. Uh, Thomas in the comments, Alan says, I think it's pivotal that we keep with the diamond. Keeler Dunn is majestic in the 10 position. If he's forced that wide in a 4-3-3, then he's less effective. Him and Reed are a cut above ability-wise. Completely agree. And I think that's probably why Keeler Dunn had a bit of a, a poor game until he scored the goal on Saturday, Alan. And that's because he was forced out of that position. If we can get him in that 10 role just outside the box with... Reed feeding him and with the midfielders feeding him as well. As long as he sticks into that central par- part and just pings balls off, that's where it's created best and that's where those gaps will open and certainly did open. I'm going to say it does, uh, it reminds me a little bit of, uh, was it two seasons ago when we got Macker and Quinney together? You know, as soon as they were together, everything looked solid. You know, and it's the same with Reed and Dunn. You know, they, they play off each other, or they seem to do. But on Saturday, I didn't, <laughs> with their keeper making all those good saves, it took a stroke of luck for the uh, deflection to actually go by him. And then, you know, it, it sent to give him more confidence when he'd got that, because it's not very often we get the rub of the green, to be fair. But we did Saturday, and we did, I thought we deserved it. Yeah, we did. Um, I think when you look at the players we've got to come back in as well, Clive, the likes of Aaron Lewis and... Um, you know, others here on Botang and a few more of those creative players. I think then we will get that position play nailed down. I think that's where we will start to see a lot more of uh, the excellent football and the build-up that we saw in that that goal at Sheffield Wednesday and some of the build-up play that we played on uh, on Saturday as well. Yeah, Lewis, I think, was just showing us what he could do when he joined the four to six weeks club. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> I think, um, <laughs> along with the scoreboard, apparently, that's now out for four to six weeks. So I think uh, <laughs> it's a shame because uh, nobody wants to see players injured and no one wants to lose the availability of those players. But we could. Le- I think these these players were just showing us what they could do when, they, when it was snatched away from us. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him come back. Um, but we're not, you know, we are a bit thin in terms of bench cover. But our, our 13 or so mainstream players who are fit at the moment, they're a match for anybody. And, you know, I've been a, we've all been a bit critical of Nigel Clough's wanting square pegs in round holes and things in the past. We've, most of it's been good-natured and tongue-in-cheek, except you, Craig. And, uh, and I think what that's proved is that the versatility of people like uh, Jordan Bowery and uh, who else? Aikens. Aikens. That that's been invaluable because you know no one plans for the sorts of injuries that we've lost Kilgore for effectively a season and and other players who we're expecting to be available have become non-available because they've taken their stint in the four to six weeks club and I think you know we've we we are where we are we're doing ever so well we're unbeaten we're scoring goals at a greater pace than we've had in, in previous season starts but more importantly we're making the opportunities. So, and I'll pick, I'll pick up on Alan's point of last time we spoke. Sooner or later, we're going to give somebody a right good slapping. Just want to make a legal statement. The views of Clive Park in there and the slanderous statement will not be taken seriously. Craig has never said anything that is less than tongue in cheek. Thank you. I don't. <laughs> Could I just could I just point out to our viewers that Craig has got a new toy, <laughs> and he's found a few things on it today. So. I have. It's great. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's. Then there's any difference, then? Huh? Well, you could absolutely. Right. I'll stop playing with my new toy now. Let's go back to where <laughs> places on the pitch and some of your comments as well. Uh, Adam says, Reed and Dunn, Reed and Lewis slash Johnson play off each other. Reed is quality. Absolutely uh, agree with that. Um, the one thing for, for me, though, is we talk about the, the stats there and, and X amount of passes, X amounts of shots. I'm not, I don't want that to become 
an ex not not an excuse. I don't want that to become a, a thing which we look at. What matters most is, is winning games. If we end up drawing games, I don't want us to to end up going. Oh well, we're dominated with 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 this this and this. We just need to do the simple things right. We need to defend better than what we did on Saturday. We can't ignore that. We can't brush that under the carpet and utilize and and use the the higher coming from behind it and getting three points. We've got to address those issues. And I think, like we said earlier, Alan, that's just going to come with with consistency. If you look at you know how we started the game, we, we started with George Williams at right back, who only had 45 minutes previously at, at Matlock, Barry at centre-half, so another partner for, for, for Aidan Flint. And then, you know, after, what, 60, 70 minutes or so, that, that has to change. And um, it's just getting that consistency. And the sooner we get some of these players back the uh, from out of the, the, the four- to six-week club, the better. But in my opinion, I don't know what anybody else thinks, but how good was Aikens on Saturday, you know, when he went, when he slotted into the right back. He was absolutely unbelievable. Kept, you know, it was, it was like a 25-year-old instead of 34, he was going up like one out. You know, I thought he, he, he helped the game tremendously. And, you know, I think it was one of the things that uh, actually turned the game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, uh, that's all we've got time for in terms of talking about uh, Saturday afternoon because we need to uh, move on and talk about some real uh, important information and that is, of course, um, our favourite jingle, our favourite bit of the podcast, our favourite part of the show, and it's this. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? It's the guessing game that brings you zero fame. But to be the best, you must outguess the rest. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? In the League or Cup, you just make it up. Because they're just works of fiction. It's podcast predictions. Will they win, lose or draw? Now, for weeks, I've been threatening to give an update on the league tables, and I can finally do it. So, our podcast predictions guru, a.k.a. our friend Ben, has been very, very busy every single week in putting together the league tables and everything for us. Really appreciate him doing it, and I can now bring you up to date with those latest league tables. We're going to come to the Mansfield Matters uh, one later. First, I'm going to give you a name check if you have got on the board. Simon, Wilson, Joe Dolman, Matt Green, not the Matt Green, I presume, Liam Smith, Proud Stags, David Shetlife, me, Craig Vincent, Keeler, uh, Keeley from Hair Game 2, Roger King, Sarah, Marie, Taxi Pete, Tim Phillips, Otley Stag. Sam Pateman, Clive Parking, Chris Ellison, Nathan Edge, whoever he is, Kathy Holmes, Richard Spencer, Ashley Mutter, Adam Crump, Nick Felton, Fathead, Ben, ben Swain, Steve Nadian, Mrs. Crump, Alan Wilson, Craig Foster, Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame, Mitchell the American, Will, Cam, Mark Lapko, Stephen Pound, JS. You've all got on the board. But in what order are you on the board? It's time to find out. It's time to uh, reveal the top 10. In 10th oh, place, no. 10th place, Adam Crumb, Ashley Mutter, Richard Spence and Kathy Holmes on 13 points each. In 9th place, we've got Stephen Pound and JS on 14 points. In 8th, it's Will Pound, Cam Felton and Mark Latko on 15th. In seventh, it's our Nick of Mansfield Town Church fame, Craig Foster and Mitchell the American with 16 points. In sixth place, Alan Wilson on 17 points, Mrs. Crump in fifth on 22, Steve Nadin in fourth on 23. In at third is the podcast predictions maestro Ben Swain on 27 points. In, the, in at number two, we've got someone who just calls themselves Fathead on 28 points. And leading the way at the top, which is why Cam went, oh no, it's Cam's dad, Nick, on 31 points. But what about the Mansfield Matters league table? 
I'm fifth, which is just a disgrace, with seven points after losing two points on Tuesday. In in fourth, it's Clive. Cam is in third, well, joint third, really, with Clive also on 15 points. In at number two, it's Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame. And, of course, in at number one, it is the man, the myth, the legend. It is, of course, Mr. Alan Wilson. Well done, Alan. Stop it, well done, mate. Really, uh, really well done. You've, you've, you've surpassed yourself and done really Don't know why that one played as well. <clears throat> I put the wrong thing off, but there you go. Well done, Alan. Well done, Alan. Well done, Alan. Just remember, it's a, it's it a marathon. I'll, it's a marathon I'll, enjoy it while, I'll enjoy it while it lasts, because it won't yeah. last long. I think it will last long. You never know what might happen. But on that subject, we do need to uh, address Saturday's game at home with, uh, with Bradford City, and we need to... Uh, get our predictions in so alan seeing as you are in the uh the lead um you can go first and uh give us uh, your prediction for saturday afternoon i fancy 3-1 to the stags yeah but i can't make my mind up whether it's going to be akins or reed with the man of the match i'm going to stick my neck out and i'm going to go reed okay uh cam you're next uh, 2-0 win and I think Reese Oates will get man of the match okay uh, Clive you're up next a 3-2 win Ooh. Ooh. and uh, DKD ah there you go uh, I am going to plump for a 4-2 win Ooh. goals 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 are going to happen on Saturday and the man of the match I think um I'm going to stick my neck out and I'm going to say Lewis Brunt will get man of the match. I think he's going to grow in confidence. I think he might be the first. I uh, think he might get a get a goal as well. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, my thanks to Ben for putting the league table together and well done for everyone for playing so far. A reminder that the link that you need is in the description and you must submit your entries no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday. And I can tell you, that on Tuesday night, there were entries submitted after the deadline, which therefore weren't scored. So he's been very, very, uh, been a stickler with the rules this year. So make sure you get your predictions in on time and play along with podcast predictions. We'll give you another update on who is in the lead at the end of September. So like Green Day, you can wake yourself up when September ends. Will Nick still be the top? How are you going to... Uh, do you think you'll be rubbing it in, Cam? Well, this is just what his uh, chat is at the moment. It's just... Hang on. Let's... Uh, there we go. Uh, about the leader and... Yeah. I'm your leader now and yeah. follow the leader. You may call me leader. <laughs> Honestly, he can just... Off. <laughs> Oh, and his final comment was, he's not my bloody son. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least I've got hair still, so it's fine. Ooh, touchy. <laughs> Alan, um, obviously you're leader of the pack. Will you still be there at the end of uh, next month, though? I doubt it, but uh, like I said, I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. Well, it's all good fun. It is all good fun. And remember, it is all just a game it's the guessing game which brings you zero fame the link that you need is in the description so make sure you get involved for bradford on uh, saturday uh, every um uh, every week uh, why didn't stags chat get on the post predictions i've done it every game you did somewhere where are you in the league you are uh, i missed a few names off i do apologize i just picked a lot of names at random i can go through the whole list if you want um, we're down to a, there's about 50 names that have all scored uh, Stags chat at the moment you are 42nd on 4 points well done um, keep them coming in really do appreciate you this season more than ever there has been so many people that have uh, got involved and uh, took part in the game so well done if you've got on the scoreboard um, yeah we will maybe um, we'll put them in full somewhere if you want to see them um but yeah there's lots and lots of names on there 
Uh, we just tend to do the top 10. But yeah, keep your um, uh, keep your predictions coming in. Um, keep playing along. Lots of love for Alan in there as well, because, you know, he is the voice of Fiatmill, isn't he? So he, he deserves to be top of the table. And let's be honest, Cam, we're just, me and you are just glad, aren't we? After, what, seven seasons now of this stupid game that Nathan's nowhere near it. Yes! Get That's- in. Um, yeah. I just don't understand how he's so good at podcast predictions. Blind look. Oh. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. Can I just say, I just do these things to set him up to use his little toy. That's all it is. Humour in. Yeah, you, you haven't, yeah. Right, uh, right, I'm going. I've had enough of this now. <laughs> <laughs> Get involved on Saturday um, for, for podcast predictions. We'll see you next week. No midweek game this uh, this, this week. Nice to, to have a rest. And I'm sure it'd be good, Clive, for Nigel Clough to actually try and get a little bit more training in them, although it'll be light, non-contact rest, wrap them up in, in, uh, in cotton wool and, and try and not get any more injuries. Well, it'd be nice to see at least one of them come back from injury, wouldn't it, during this week? <laughs> it, I mean, yeah. Or, or to get themselves, you know, to the level of fitness that we need them to be at to play. Um, but we'll see. And we'll see. Uh, we can't afford any more. That that is a fact. You know, we are we are uh, not scraping the barrel. That sounds unpleasant. What we are is where we are, which is we managed to put one substitute on on uh, on uh, Tuesday night because that, there was only one senior player that could come on, and uh, the game was too finely balanced. It? Well, yes, he was, and I think that's what I'm saying. Really, is we, we, we have a squad that, when they're available, is a, a match for anybody. I'll tell you this. I mean, I spend a little bit of time looking at other clubs' fan base websites and and and, and blogs, and they're all worried about Mansfield this year. They, they've all cottoned on to the fact we play some good football. And, the Bradford uh, fans aren't confident about Saturday at all. Well, you know, that's Bradford fans, the huge expectation always for them. And therefore, there's probably been a bit of gallows humour in what they're doing. But yeah, they're, they're not. A, they, they, that club spins around Cook, in my opinion. Having said that, Sheffield Wednesday spins around Barry Bannon. If they hadn't got him on on Saturday, we'd have, we'd have walked that game. Yeah, it was that's... absolutely magnificent. And, and, and we missed having Quinn in the side on Tuesday for the same reason that, you know, Quinn brings that little bit of nous that. Yeah. We, we lacked a bit of. That's, anyway. a that's a potential worry, isn't it, Alan? The fact that he might not be available on Saturday because, if you, again, I'm not a massive fan of stats, but it's plastered everywhere. He's one of the, the leading assists in, in League Two at the moment. And he, you can't argue that he, we're a lot worse off without him. No, I'd agree with that. But it, like we've said before, with the squad rotation and whatever, you know, people come in like Ollie Clark, does a job, and he can only get stronger and fitter. You know, you, you utilise what you've got, Craig. You've got to. It's as simple as that. And I do believe Gail, he can't be far off being fit, surely. Yeah, you'd certainly hope so. Uh, right, it's time for an announcement. That is all of the conversation that we've had for today. The Mansfield Matters podcast is now over. We will see you in midweek. And come on, you stags, on Saturday against Bradford City. Good night. Well, there's the full-time whistle on this week's Mansfield Matters podcast. Don't worry, though, no penalty shootout tonight. That is it, we're done. We're off home, we're going to put the kettle on, put our feet up and look ahead to that game on Saturday afternoon against Bradford City at Wonkful Stadium. Talking of which, don't forget to get involved with podcast predictions. The link that you need is in the description right now. And to be honest, like Nigel Clough said in his post-match on Tuesday, if you were putting your predictions in, you're probably safe to put at least one goal in the opposition column because Andy Cook's more than likely going to pop up and score his goal. It always happens. Hopefully not, though. We'll talk all about that next week on the podcast. Midweek off next week of fixtures, so we might do the podcast a little bit earlier. Make sure you're checking out our social media for all of those details. Like I say, if you want to play along with podcast predictions, the link that you need is in the description, and you must do it no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday afternoon. Predictions made any later than that will not be counted. And I can tell you this, Ben, our podcast predictions guy, he's taking those rules seriously this season. And make sure you get them in on time.
Right, so that's all we've got time for. I'm off for a cuppa. We'll see you next week on the show. For the fans, by the fans, this is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.